0: Welcome to this episode of WikiWalks, a short podcast devoted to some of the more intriguing and, huh, who knew, articles that you can run across in the weird world of Wikipedia. I'm your host, Chris Grismer. Last week, we learned about a variety of delusional disorders, specifically one where sufferers believe that everyone is an imposter. But that doesn't mean that imposters don't exist in real life. In fact, one of the most famous was that of Princess Caribou, She even was immortalized in a 1994 movie with Kevin Kline and Phoebe Cates from Fast Times at Ridgemont High fame. But who exactly was this beautiful royal mystery? Well, let's dive in, shall we? It was a chilly April evening in Almondsbury, England, when a cobbler came across a disoriented young woman wandering barefoot through town. She had a curious look about her and wore a high-collar dress with a black turban atop her head. It was unlike any attire the man had ever seen. He attempted to speak with her, but she gestured wildly, speaking a language that he couldn't comprehend. He thought that the young lady was a vagabond, so he brought her to the home of the local magistrate, Samuel Worrell. He explained to him that the old woman was acting rather odd, to say the least. Mr. Worrell checked the woman's pockets for any documentation, but only found a counterfeit sixpence and quickly grew suspicious as holding fake currency was a crime but the woman seemed harmless to his wife, Mrs. Worrell, whose kind heart made her see the best in people. And so Mrs. Worrell, against her husband's wishes, arranged lodging for the mysterious woman at a local inn. The staff at the inn, however, shared Samuel's concerns as they observed her strange behavior. When they first entered the room, she took a particular interest in a drawing of a pineapple on the wall. She clearly recognized the depiction and started screaming, Nana! 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 After the innkeeper gave her a cup of tea, she covered one eye with her hand while chanting an unusual prayer, like you do. And when they showed her the bed, she appeared confused. They tried to show her how to use the bed, but she refused its comforts and insisted on sleeping on the floor. The next day, Mrs. Worrell returned to the inn and invited her to stay at their estate in Knoll Park, but the staff and servants were startled by her indecent behavior, which clashed with their proper English manners. She continued to sleep on the floor and would dance wildly sometimes, often wearing nothing but a smile. She refused to eat meat, drank only water and tea, and would fast every Tuesday. When roaming the ground, she insisted on carrying a gong along with a bow and an arrow, giving her a very Xena warrior princess-like appearance. But the most bizarre activity they observed was her weekly ritual, where she would chant from the treetops, Allah, Allah, Tala, la Allah, Allah, All right. She was by far the most unusual guest Noel Park had ever received. After several weeks of doting, Mrs. Worrell decided to have a wardrobe made up for her guest. But the mysterious woman selected the most exotic fabrics from the dressmaker's wares, wrapping it around her in a tribal-like fashion. This once again confirmed Mrs. Worrell's suspicions that this woman was not European. But the question still remained, who was she? Time and time again, the family tried to uncover this mystery until the day Mrs. Worrell finally made a breakthrough after her countless attempts in a series of charades. Mrs. Worrell learned that she had arrived in England by ship. She provided her guest with a quill and was surprised to see her write down symbols from her mysterious language. I am Mrs. Worrell, Mrs. Worrell said as she gestured to herself and motioned for her to do the same. After repeating this a number of times, the nameless woman suddenly broke down into tears. She then pointed to herself and managed to articulate a single word. Caribou! Mrs. Worrell was elated, but not everybody bought the story. Mr. Worrell still remained unconvinced. She's an impostor, simply preying on our generosity. But he had yet to find any proof. So he decided to take her to court on the grounds that she had false currency in her position... But no one was able to understand anything she said except for one word. Caribou. So they brought her to a psychiatric hospital for evaluation. When Mrs. Worrell found out, she was furious and quickly intervened, insisting that Caribou rejoin them at Knoll Park. She was pressed to write down samples of her language and reproduce her entire alphabet. Mrs. Worrell thought she was starting to make sense of the seemingly incoherent language and sent samples to Oxford for translation. But the academic scholar simply dismissed caribou's bizarre symbols. Dear madam, after careful study, I've determined these striplings to be nothing more than a humbug. Ret. But she refused to believe this, so she brought in her own specialist to interpret caribou's language. At first they thought she was a fraud. But upon further examination, they began to notice something peculiar. They found that she spoke with the same inflection and consistently articulated each symbol in the same manner. No simple woman could possibly invent such an elaborate language. Why, these markings bear a striking resemblance to Hindi. Are you daft? Well, she's clearly from the East Indies. Even though her words had similar characteristics to other languages, the experts couldn't decipher them, let alone agree on their origins, leaving the curious story of caribou a mystery. That is, until a Portuguese sailor named Manuel Anesso arrived at Knoll Park. He listened intently to Caribou and claimed that he understood her language. Finally, the Whorls had the answers they were looking for. According to Esso, Caribou was a princess from the island of Javasu. Her father's land had been invaded, and during the attack, she was abducted by pirates. She was taken on a long and dangerous voyage, where she managed to escape by jumping overboard into the Bristol Channel where she swam safely ashore. Mrs. Worrell was thrilled and couldn't wait to spread the news about their royal guests and her incredible story of survival. Nobles, experts, and spectators from all over descended upon Knoll Park, entranced by the exotic princess. They provided her with elegant garments, painted portraits of her likeness, and threw parties in her honor. Even newspapers began printing her story. People couldn't get enough of Princess Caribou and she had even won over her biggest skeptic, Mr. Worrell. But her notoriety also attracted several cynics who made every attempt to discredit her. One charismatic gentleman tried to demonstrate that she could understand English by saying to her, You are the most beautiful creature that I have ever beheld. You are an angel. But Caribou never flinched and held her puzzled expression. Letters continued to pour in, inquiring about the sensational guest. One letter, however, took a far different tone. It was from a woman named Mrs. Neal, who claimed to know the true identity of Princess Caribou. Mrs. Neal said that this princess was in her employ a few months earlier, and that she frequently entertained her children by speaking a fictitious language. Mrs. Worrell hoped that this description was merely a coincidence, but agreed to meet Mrs. Neal at an undisclosed location and bring the princess with her. As Mrs. Warrell and Princess Caribou waited in the parlor, Mrs. Neal stepped through the doorway and locked eyes with a stunned Caribou. Mrs. Warrell knew all she needed to know from Caribou's expression and politely motioned for Mrs. Neal to leave the room. "'Who are you?' "'My name is Mary Baker. I'm just a cobbler's daughter from Devonshire.'" Mrs. Warrell was devastated and wondered how she was able to fool virtually everyone. Because Mary spoke perfect English... She was completely aware of the attempts people made to expose her. But Mrs. World demanded an explanation. Mary admitted that before she arrived in Almondsbury, she was desperate, begging in the streets, ignored by those passing by. But she observed that French lacemakers wearing headdresses received more attention. This gave her the idea of wearing her black shawl around her head as a turban. And so her exotic transformation had begun. But in order to be successful, she needed more than a mere headdress to convince people. At first, she pretended to be French, until someone who actually spoke French confronted her. So she quickly changed her story, claiming to be Spanish. Even then, she found herself challenged by a supposed expert in Spanish, but he was actually just an impostor as well, and pretended to understand her gibberish in order to impress his friend with his self-proclaimed command of the language. This experience taught her a valuable lesson, and she wouldn't make the same mistake a third time. She needed an identity, something that no one could recognize. Perhaps a royal. But from where? The fictitious island of Javasu. And thus, Princess Caribou was born. Mrs. Worrell was astounded at Mary's ability to keep up the facade for so long. She knew if word of this deception ever spread, the Worrell's reputation would be forever tarnished. Can't live that one down so she bought a ticket for Mary aboard a ship bound for America and shipped her off, thus resolving this embarrassing situation. While her presence in America was well-received, the public's fascination with Princess Caribou had come to an end. And so, in 1828, she returned to England, where she resumed her ordinary life as Mary Baker, until she died on Christmas Eve, 1864. Although Mary lived out her final days in obscurity, For one moment in time, she was an eccentric royal that enchanted the upper class who would always remember their brief encounter with Princess Caribou.